Welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And on this episode, we have Candy Waller stopping through. We're going to talk a little Washington Commanders, football, and a little AFC South. But before we get into that and get into the show in general... I want to thank you all for tuning in, whether you're tuning in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you're tuning in from. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I would suggest to subscribe so you don't miss any of the episodes as soon as they drop. And if you like what you're listening to, go ahead and rate the show. Now on Spotify, you can rate the show and that's all the option they have there, of course. But on Apple Podcast, you can rate the show and you can review it. Now, I will say I will would like five stars. But, of course, you know, I can't necessarily tell you what to do, but I can suggest it. <laughs> all right. Uh, but <clears throat> we're going to get into our conversation, uh, me and uh, Candy's conversation about, uh, of course, the commanders and a little bit about the AFC South. But up first, like always, it's the get it off your chest segment. And of course, I got one for you this week. Or this episode, I should say. All right. You know, one of my favorite movies or one of my, uh, I guess I would say the funniest movies when I was growing up. And of course, you know, looking back at it now, it doesn't look quite as funny, but it's still funny to me. Is I'm going to get you sucker. Now, this movie had Mr. Keenan Ivory Wayans and all the Wayans family in it, among other people. And I mean, I love the movie, but there's one particular scene that always sticks out to me. That's always very interesting. The scene where Jack Spade, who is Keenan Ivory Wayans character, is with Sherry, who is... And Marie Johnson's character, who she's playing. Now they're making out, and of course, he told her some information about himself that wasn't exactly true. So, in this aspect here, or this situation, Anne Marie Johnson's character, Sherry, decides to tell him the, the truth about her. She tells her that her eyes are not really green and proceeds to take out the context. She takes off her wig and has no hair, little to no hair. She takes off, or she, you know, she presents having uh, particular uh, size body parts in terms of uh, particular areas. She takes those off and shows that they're like a little fake enhancements that she had more out. She, and that's of course in front and back people just. I'll leave it at that. And she proceeds to take off her left leg. And that's fake too. 
Now, when Keenan Ivory Wayne's character sees this, he kind of was like, wow, whoa, 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 was low much. And of course, he proceeds to kind of get himself together to get out of there. While he's doing that, of course, Sherry is trying to hop after him. It's hilarious, but, you know, this character and Sherry reminds me of a team I watch in the NFL. Now, this team, I'm just going to say who it is. It's the Minnesota Vikings. Now, the Minnesota Vikings, they look all dressed up, look great. I mean, everyone can say they're playing well, they're doing this, they're doing that and the other. And, you know, they're they're one of the top teams in the NFL. They're 11-3. and three. I totally get it. But I just cannot shake the, the vision of them being just like Sherry, the character from I'm Gonna Get You Sucker. First, let's look at the point differential. Plus two. Not very many great teams or good teams have a plus two. Then people often forget that one of these three losses, they lost to the Cowboys 40 to three. Yes, Kirk Cousins played in this game. Yes, the starters played in this game. 40 to three. They barely beat the Saints. They had to get a field goal with 24 seconds left to do that. And of course, this is the same team that was down 33-0 to the Indianapolis Colts at halftime this past week. Now, people can say, oh, they well, they came back and won the game. They blew them out in the second half. Or, you know, they still only have three losses in any given Sunday. That's right. Yeah, it can be any given Sunday. But if it's a prime time Sunday and you have Kirk Cousins at quarterback, it doesn't tend to go well a lot of the time. Now, he can play well. I'm not doubting that. But you also have to remember this defense isn't quite as great either. They've had their moments. I'll give them that. But. I'm not sure they are that great in terms of if they or their offense is not able to put up points, if they would be able to win games consistently. Just my thoughts, just my thinking, but, you know, I mean, to give you an example, I mean, they lost to the Lions 28-24. I mean, they won 28-24 against the Lions, came back, lost to the Lions uh, 34-23. The defense, uh, I mean, sure, you want to take it how you want in terms of that. But to me, this team does not scare me. I don't pick this team as a team that's going to make it to the NFC title game or a threat to make the Super Bowl. That's not to say they aren't a good team. It's just they're not a good enough team. I can't pick them over the... 49ers, I cannot pick them over the Eagles. Probably can't pick them over the Cowboys either. So there you have it. I just can't pick them. You know, even though they may end up with the second seed in the NFL for the playoffs, I am not buying the Minnesota Vikings 
at all. I don't even consider them a contender at all. Now, some people may crucify me for that, or some may agree with me, but it is what it is. And those are my thoughts on the Minnesota Vikings, a.k.a. Sherry, from I'm Going to Get You Sucking. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Miss Candy Waller about those red-hot Washington Commanders on touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. Going through some things and not quite sure who to turn to? Well, let me tell you about Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching. They offer services ranging from mental health counseling, parenting classes, life coaching services, therapy, alcohol and drug assessments, and so much more. And all the services are monitored by licensed supervisors. Also, they're currently offering free consultations for counseling or life coaching. All you need to do to get started is reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230 to get started. Again, you can reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230. So if you feel you need to talk to someone or know someone that needs to talk to someone, take the time to reach out to Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching, where the motto is, it costs you your peace of mind, then it is too expensive. Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And one of the hottest teams in the NFL is the Washington Commanders. No, this is not a joke or a lie or a story. They're one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. And, you know, I kind of wanted to talk about the Washington Commanders a little bit with my guests, as well as, you know, kind of visit their past games against the AFC South. So on this episode, I want to bring in, of course, someone that actually has a keen eye on all DC sports, Miss Candy Waller. How you doing? I'm doing well, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, yes. Uh, the pleasure is all mine. Um, now, I do have to give a rundown of the things that you do, because, of course, mm-hmm. we want to be respectful here on that. Mm-hmm. All right. Inside the Wizards, you you, you, you Definitely doing your thing there. You know, producer, uh, let's see, producer and uh, reporter, I would say, for the Commanders. Oh, Bowie TV and CBS Sports Lynchburg. All right. All right. <laughs> and, of course, you know, the show that I first got introduced to you uh, with, you know, the Wizard Show with you and Karita and uh, Becca and Bree. Yeah, so, you know, I... I you still, you know, you're doing a lot of things. I haven't seen that show in a minute, but that's neither here nor there. I know you got a lot of things going on, and I understand. So, how did you get caught up in, in doing a lot of the commanders and just DC sports in general? You know, I am a huge sports fan overall. I grew up a huge sports fan, and because I'm from the DC, you know, Maryland area, um, the Prince George's County, Maryland, to be exact. Um, I said, you know what, after years in the consulting industries, I said, 
hey, you want to do something that I'm passionate about? Um, you know, it's like you want to see more of yourself um, in press rooms and media rooms, doing sports broadcasting, talking about sports and being an active contributor to the conversation about the game. And so I started Seawall Sports and Entertainment five years ago. This year is the five, you know, the fifth year anniversary. And it just kind of took off from there. I mean, I had to, you know, build all new relationships and get to know folks and get to know PR teams for the different sports. And so I grew up a fan of all the sports in the area. And so since I'm still in um, the local Washington metropolitan area, I said, well, why not just you know, shoot for the stars and pass. I'll just try to, you know, get in and see what I need to do to get in with the professional teams and get credentialed. And so they told me what to do. So I started doing it and everything just kind of took off from there with the different relationships with Bowie Television, with um, Sports Illustrated Fan Nation and such. So here here I am. Well, I, I would be remiss to say I didn't mention the Seawall Sports and Entertainment. My apologies there. It's fine. I, I actually started with my own thing as well. So I, I completely understand where you're coming from there. And, and, you know, hey, the growth and the things you got to do and somebody giving you a little bit of the playbook and, you know, kind of allowing you to either, either follow the playbook or falter from the playbook. So I definitely understand that. Now, speaking of a team that kind of uh, faltered and then followed the playbook, that would be the Washington Commanders. Now, starting the season, they won their first game. They lost four in a row, and then they won six of their last eight. Again, one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. Now, What has this ride been like for you? It's been a roller coaster. I mean, Coach Ron Rivera said that in one of his pressers, and I was like, that's exactly what this has been. Um, They had, you know, the week one win against, um, you know, AFC South team. And then it was kind of like went down downhill for a bit. And then there was a quarterback change. You know, Carson Wentz got hurt. And um, it just took off from there. And then now it's kind of back to the downhill slope, feeling it a little bit after the commander's um, loss to the Giants. And so it, it it's been a wild ride. And you can't help but to – feel the energy and, and even, you know, covering them. It's like, wow, they're really turning it around and they're really coming together. Something about, you know, teams coached by, you know, Ron Rivera, at least in the last couple of years that I've been covering the team. And it's like, they just start to click around mid October, November, just, it starts to all come together around that time. And so it's been it's been fun to watch, but it's it will, they will have you on the edge of your seat each and every time. So basically, what you're saying is they're a non-stop uh, action thriller, basically yeah. each and every week. You don't know what you are going to get. You really don't. You have no idea. You have to watch the entire game because it can really take a turn at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. And that's, uh, you know, parts of, of the season. And we're going to get into that, and you know, talking about the AFC South games and those took some turns as well. But um, what do you think is, as you know, been working the best for the commanders to kind of get them on this role right now? The defense. That's what I really think. I think there's still so many challenges on the offense in the consistent thing has been the defense. It, it really has. I mean, the, you know, the Pro Bowl announcements just 
um, came out and, you know, Jonathan Allen is a starter with, the, you know, on the Pro Bowl. Deron Payne and Montez Sweat were named as alternates. But that's still three of your defensive linemen that are, you know, Pro Bowl bound or were named in, in, the, in that Pro Bowl kind of rosters, if you will. And, that, and that's the thing that, that has kept them going. You know, early on they had some struggles. And, you know, I can be very critical of the coaching and coordinators, but Jack Del Rio, he, he got them together. And I think uh, the defense is now kind of just molding into the defense that uh, folks wanted to see last year after the year they came out of uh, the 2020 season. And there were so many high hopes for the defense last year and it didn't pan out. But this year, it all really has come together. They're extremely confident. Uh, the camaraderie is awesome across the team overall. But that defense has just really been the key, consistent um, group there that has really just helped this team make a little bit of noise and have, you know, a bit of hope, if you will. Right, right. Now, there is a particular gentleman that always seems to be at quarterback when they make a little bit of noise. And that'd be Mr. Taylor Heineke. You know, I make jokes about him and mm -hmm. saying that, hey, maybe he should have been sponsored by, you know, Heineken beer and things like that. Mm -hmm. I make those jokes, but, you know, they're pretty corny, probably dad jokes, but hey, it is what it is. <laughs> um, but, you know, he just, you know, what what's not a joke is he just wins. Mm -hmm. He just comes in, finds a way to win. What, you know, what can you just say about him? It just, to me, it's it's not really any one thing that he does. It's just a set of different things that get you towards a win. I mean, but, you know, you have a closer eye on it. So what do you see more than probably uh, some that just, you know, watch the team casually see? He, he shows the emotion. I think he is, you know, he wants to win. He is never going to give up. And he genuinely in his mind believes that he can do it. Um, even when he's terrified, even when it doesn't look promising, he is going to battle into the very, very end. And he brings the team some consistency, quite honestly, at the position. You know, every year is a different, it's a different, it's always the same conversation, but it's a different quarterback. Who is going to be the, the quarterback for Washington? Who's going to be behind center for Washington, you know, when the season starts? And so, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. It's not like he's trying to hide it, um, to, you know, just, you know, to be tough or anything. He is tough. He is resilient, but he wears that excitement. And he also wears that disappointment whenever he makes a mistake. And even just recently this past week and even today when we were in the locker room, I mean, I, I asked him, I said, you know, Terrell, how you doing? Are you OK? And he said, I'm OK now. I'm starting to be OK now because it was still so much on his mind, the game from Sunday. So I think that's what people rally behind. They want to see the emotion. They want to see that he cares and he really wants to win. And they believe that he can. So I think that's that's the key. He just has that energy. And, every, and everyone likes an underdog story, right? I mean, everybody, you know, he was taking a final right. at ODU and they call him up like, hey, we need you. And now he's got to go and play in the NFL. So... He, he's a fan favorite, and he's a locker room favorite for sure. Now, if you changed his name, aged him a little bit, you know, uh, grew his hair into, you know, not from blonde to, like, uh, dark, 
and change the team name to the Sentinels, then you know, plenty team, plenty would think he's Keanu Reeves out there. It's a some fans. <laughs> that is too funny. So, you know, I just I think about that a lot. And I'm, you know, I kind of wanted them to name the team the Sentinels just so they could bring back all the players from that movie. <laughs> so, but that that's just me, you know, kind of wishful thinking. But um, you know, a team that that you know going to the playoffs was wishful thinking for them before the season was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Of course, they lost to the Washington Commanders 28-22 in the opening game, but now they're seeming to find their stride. And that starts with Mr. Trevor Lawrence. Now, you had the first look at him under Doug Peterson. I mean, at that point in time, what did you kind of think of him after that game? Week one, they they – made a lot of mistakes and so i knew i said okay this team because i was a person where everyone you know a lot of commanders fans would say oh it's just jacksonville it's just jacksonville i'm like ah, uh-uh. you you have the luxury of facing jacksonville in week one but that was a team from the very beginning of the season under doug peterson's leadership that i said this team can improve as the year goes on and that's exactly what has happened they made a lot of mistakes week one which resulted in their loss but i kept saying hey they cleaned some of that stuff up and that game could have gone very different um i think the team that we're seeing now out of jacksonville is exactly what i thought they would look like i mean they they made they made some great off-season moves i was very impressed with how they moved in free agency how they drafted so i said okay it's good. And Doug Peterson isn't a slouch coach. He's good. He's, he's a good coach. So you got to give people some time to kind of mesh and, 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 and just gather and get together. Um, like I said, they weren't good week one, but it was just mistakes. It was just week one mistakes and new leadership and new players mistakes. But I, I'm not shocked at all. Um, by what I'm seeing in the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, they're, 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 they're solid and can continue to be for sure. Well, next year will be interesting because they mm-hmm. added Mr. Calvin Ridley, who they traded for mm-hmm. during the trade deadline. So mm-hmm. that'll be interesting. Uh, another thing that's going to be interesting, well, that was interesting at the time, would be that when Christian Kirk got paid, all the people were mad to him, but all the wide receivers were happy, and Terry, mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin definitely is happy now yeah. <laughs> that that happened. Um, you know, I want to go into another thing that in in, in that game, um, defensively, defensively, the Jacksonville Jaguars, of course, you had Trayvon Walker and you had Josh Allen, and they kind of haven't lived up to the hype, according to a lot of people. And of course, Thursday's game, Trayvon Walker's not going to play with an ankle injury. Um, can you describe what it's like just seeing those two big guys trying to run around and sack your quarterback? And of course, it was Carson Wentz at the time who's no longer the quarterback and you know he, he got Wally Pipped mm-hmm. again so you know yeah I mean the game is so fast it is so fast and sometimes I don't I don't know if folks realize how important your offensive linemen are in the success of your offense in the success of the quarterback so they were having a time <laughs> the commanding <laughs> O-line was having a time <laughs> for a bit there with, with that defensive line. 
And that was another one of the positives that I remember speaking out on. Watch out for that D, that D line, right? These are experienced guys. They're big, they're fast, they're strong, and they want to do all they can to get to your quarterback. And um, I was really, again, it was week one, but I was definitely impressed for certain. Um, but they 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 are as advertised. Um, I think the Cowboys probably learned that this weekend. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, I had to throw that dig in there. But anyway, um, but yes, it 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 they gave um, Andrew Norwell, uh, Charles Leno at the time, Sam Cosme. They gave those old linemen a run for their money on that Week One Sunday. So it's good stuff there on that defensive line for for certain for Jacksonville. Yeah, they're um, you know, they haven't. Uh, I will say they they haven't quite lived up to the to the expectation mm -hmm. that many had for them. However, you know, they they're they're like a step away or this way or that away. And you know, of course, we'll we'll see what happens because you know Josh Allen's coming up on his fifth year option and mm -hmm. getting a little expensive for a guy that's not putting <laughs> up a lot of stats. So you know, eh, but. The guy that is putting up a lot of stats is uh, Derrick Henry, and that's the, for the Tennessee Titans. Of course, they uh, they beat the Commanders 21-17. A David Long Jr. interception on the goal line won the game, which that game definitely had everyone like they were in an episode or, or excuse me, a movie version of Speed. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So they definitely uh, it felt like that. You know, Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock, and they're racing and racing. It's going to happen. What's going to happen? Boom. It all stops. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely an interesting game. Yeah, that that is definitely one of the games that I know the commanders wish they could have back for certain. Um, uh, Derrick Henry is as advertised. You, you know, see somebody of that size at that position move as fast as he does. It's like... <laughs> Just let him run down the field. That's what you, that's what you want to say. Like, let, just, just let him fly because whatever, you know. But but the commander's defense did a good job for the most part. You know, he didn't have the days that he has had in the past on teams. They did the, they did the best that they could, but that was that was a lot of doing, you know, due to getting the pressure up front, trying to get to the quarterback, trying to beat them um their one-on-one -on -one matchups with the offensive line. So it wasn't seeing, you know, Derrick Henry just just tear up FedEx Field. It wasn't necessarily that. It was just to see someone of that size be that fast and be that much of a threat in person. It's like, wow, that guy is really, really <laughs> good. And, and uh, I mean, and he's, I mean, you just, you just don't see stuff like that on any Sunday. Really, he, he, I mean, he, right. he's a beast. You know what? I guess he was like a, a athletic freak. It's like what in the world? And so, um, and he he just runs with so much confidence. I mean, he's just like you're not going to tackle me. So, and that's how he runs. Right. Like, like it's yeah. almost impossible. So, it was really really cool to see him live. Yeah, he's almost like uh, you know, you went into Madden back in the day and just created a player, and people were like, hey, hey you can't use him. He's that guy. Basically, yes. every time exactly. you see him. And uh, I, I literally, uh, you know, saw him in person during training camp. And, you know, when you see him, 
you know, even if you know he's that big, it still takes you back when you see him and see he's that big. So, right. you know, uh, and then for the exactly. funniest thing is, you know, for a, a season that plenty aren't talking about him, he's second in the league in rushing in th- with 1,303 yards, and he's got 12 mm-hmm. touchdowns, which is third in the league. So, you know, for a, a supposed year where some people think he doesn't have it, I think he's right where he is. He needs to be. And it, it, it's, it's kind of comical to me, to be honest, that people will say that, but they don't exactly factor in that he's getting touched in the backfield literally every play this year as opposed to last year and the year before mm-hmm. not getting touched until he was through the line of scrimmage so yeah. that's a big difference um of course another big difference is they're losing ways right now the titans have lost four in a row and the jaguars are right there they're only one game back mm-hmm. and you know they have beat the tennessee titans this year of course everyone remembers that 36 22 really wasn't that mm-hmm. close but hey that's the score we were given um do you think this team you know they're reeling right now they face the texans um they do face the jaguars uh, again and they've got one more game and I, it escapes me what it is but do you think that they are going to fall from grace and let the jaguars beat them into the playoffs it looks like it i mean <laughs> The Jaguars, I mean, they they got hot late. You know, I mean, they 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 got all of the juice right now. I call it the juice. Jacksonville has all of the juice, and then what they did again, you know, this past Sunday against the Cowboys, you know, in overtime, that's a big deal. It's exhilarating from what I've been told, what I see. And once you build that level of confidence, you're like, hey, we can do this. So I think Tennessee need to watch their back a bit because Jacksonville is the is the one they're the ones in the AFC South that has the momentum and feels like there's still plenty of regular season left and we got a shot. And I think they want, I mean, of course they would want to get that shot and 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 what better team to you know take down than the Tennessee Titans for them? I'm sure that's probably exactly who they have their eyes set on to take down so they can make it into the playoffs. It would be interesting for sure. Uh, I mean, plenty of Jaguars fans, they probably don't be reminded of this, but, you know, the team, the year they went, what, 13 and three, I believe is what they went. Mm-hmm. And um, was it 13 and two? I don't know. But anyway, they lost like three games that year. All three games they lost mm-hmm. Tennessee Titans, including the AFC championship game in Jacksonville. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, Jaguars fans have been wanting to get at the Tennessee Titans for a while now, and this mm-hmm. is their perfect opportunity. And these two play in the last game of, of the year, so that oh, yeah. makes it even bigger and better for the for the uh, for the Jaguars when seeing the Titans. Now, for those that have checked out my picture, my new picture for my you know graphics for my podcast. You can tell I have a new image, an updated image, a professional looking image. It's time for you to take control of your image and you can take control of your professional image with a fresh set of headshots by the good folks of Joshua Silver's Photography. Let Josh at Joshua Silver's Photography handle your personal branding, business headshots, portrait or any other photographic need with great pricing and even better quality you can reach him via phone at 423-557-6746. Once again, that's 423-557-6746. You can also reach him at Instagram, 
at Joshua Silver's Photography. Or you can reach him on Facebook. Call Joshua Silver's Photography and get yourself booked today. I know I did. And he's got me looking great. A team the Titans have to see next is the Houston Texans. They they've been putting a little bit of scares, you know, scaring people the last couple of weeks. Um, but they did lose to the the Commanders twenty three ten. It was basically put away early. It was twenty three nothing at halftime, and yeah. it just wasn't a game after that. The the Commanders handled the business. So, um, with how they played though the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, of course, you know, there's been talk about Lovey and if Lovey's going to be back and people thinking he may or may not be back. Um, if you had to make that decision about Lovey being potentially fired or not, do you think that he deserves to be fired or do you think he deserves more of an opportunity given what he was working with? I think he absolutely deserves more of an opportunity. I don't think he should be fired at all. I don't. I would think that is very unfair because they were so close. And if we really want to be honest, the Texans were the team that on Thursday night football, they kind of showed a blueprint for what could potentially work in beating the Philadelphia Eagles. That is who I believe. I think it was they, they played the Eagles on a Thursday night right. and they almost beat them. And then the following Monday, so the, every, a lot of people, for some reason, thought the Eagles had a bye. See, they didn't have a bye. They just played on Thursday night one week, and the following week they played on Monday night, which is kind of like a bye a little bit, right, because there's so much time there. But right. that film revealed a lot of the Eagles, you know, at least that week, right? People have now kind of figured things out, and so they're, you know, they're making up for those, you know, mistakes. But from that previous week to the next against the commanders on Monday Night Football, I'm like the Texans have given you a blueprint. They didn't pull it off, but the commanders ended up pulling it off. But it was largely due to the game that the Texans played against the Eagles, where they were all they were almost the ones that ruined that win streak. So I don't think the Texans played, you know, that one to give them some credit for that. But when the commanders saw the Texans, I don't I don't think they played well at all in that game. And I'm like, maybe they just maybe this is just a bad week because they're not playing. You know, they didn't play well at all. But Lovey should be able to have another year or two. I mean, he, 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 every, all of the drama and all of the noise even surrounding why he was the coach and how and how all that came to be. It's you can't you can't do much with what, what he was given. Um so give him some more time. I don't. I would hope he does not get fired after this season. Yeah, yeah. we're we're on the same page there. I, I honestly, I think you're you're asking Lovey Smith to be MacGyver each week mm-hmm. because you go out there and uh, you have all these different pieces, mm-hmm. and you're asking him to make a, uh, I guess, make a Tommy gun out of a, out of a, right. or you know, or just make a make a weapon of uh, make a weapon out of like what a tic tac and uh uh a, what a a pick or something. I don't know. He's just trying to just ask him to make a weapon out of not very much there. So, right. you know, uh, as far as the, the Texans, I mean, you know, the Cowboys and the Chiefs definitely took them to the wire. I did not expect them to take both of them to the wire like that. I expected them to stay close for a while, but eventually kind of fall off. Um, did you, I mean, a two quarterback system, Running the football, mm-hmm. defense playing tougher than they played all year. 
offense get making some plays happen. I mean, did you expect any of that those last two games? I mean, I know I was wildly shocked. No, I did not. I mean, like I said, when the, when the Commanders played them, uh, what was that the weekend before Thanksgiving? I was kind of like the. Texans are not that good. They're not good at all. Like, my goodness. And I was shocked because I was expecting to, for them to put up more of a fight. Like I said, against the Eagles on that Thursday night. But the last couple of weeks, I'm like, I don't know if maybe folks are just, you know, feeling the pressure of wanting to keep their jobs and just wanting to play up to their competition, perhaps. But they really almost pulled it off. Um, both of those weeks, um, and I kind of, you know, again, it, it's, they might be a couple of pieces away, but they certainly played up to their competition, or at least who they thought, you know, was their competition those weeks. I, I really, I mean, they took really, like you said, down to the wire for sure with the, with the Cowboys. I watched that one. Um, but with the Chiefs, when I saw what they did there, I was like, wow, Really? And so, and then it became, and then at first, sometimes you think, okay, well, that is the other team not playing as well. And I'm like, no, 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 That Texas team right there, that's a different team than what the Commanders play because they were not good on that Sunday. But they they were ready to roll. So I don't know if some tough conversations were had or what happened, but they were ready for both of those games. They just couldn't pull it off, like you said. Yeah, yeah, almost. But you know, in the words of the the illustrious and the uh, multi talented Brandy, almost doesn't count. That's right. But uh, you know, we'll uh, of course end talking about the AFC South with the Indianapolis Colts. Of course, the Colts uh, last second drive or last minute drive, Heineke leads them down the field. The Colts uh, lose to the Commanders, seventeen sixteen. Okay, first off, we we before we even talk about anything. Up 33-0 at halftime against the Minnesota Vikings. And then the Vikings come back and win that game. Largest blown lead in NFL history. I mean, did you turn off the game, one? And two, did you expect for that to happen from the Colts and the Vikings game? I, so I was actually not watching. I checked in. I saw it was 33 to nothing. I was like, oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> like, what is going on with Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings? Okay. I was out, you know, out and about, you know, Christmas shopping, doing this and that. Came home, turned it on, and saw what was transpiring. And I said, oh, no. Like, how does that happen? So I didn't witness the collapse. Whatever happened, I I missed all of it. I did see some highlights, but I that had to have hurt for Colts fans. It, that was unreal. Because hey, yes, the Minnesota Vikings are good. They they're they're tough, but come on, thirty three to nothing, <laughs> right? To nothing, mm. to zero. And, and and you did that in a half. And I'm like, did the coach just leave or something? <laughs> like, did they, what did they do? <laughs> like, I just could not figure out how it happened. At any rate, it's pitiful. And it, it shouldn't happen. It's real bad. <laughs> it's sad. It, it, that just should not happen in any professional game. Like, not 
33 yeah. to zero. Now I can see if you know the Vikings ended up if say Indy didn't score any more points and like Minnesota, I'm not saying that they should have stayed at zero. I'm not saying that at all because they should have scored. But to actually win, that's unreal. Completely yeah, very unreal. Very much. Very much. I got some uh Frank Reich uh versus the Houston Oilers vibes or or for the for Colts fans, the Andrew Luck versus uh the Kansas City Chiefs vibes when they came back and won 45 to 44 when they were down by like 20 some odd points mm-hmm. at home. Yeah, that's the vibes I got watching this game. I was just like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. But it did, but it did. Now, wow. Uh did you, you know, speaking of the Colts just being bad in terms mm-hmm. of that game. Overall, did you expect the Colts to just be this bad this season? No, no, I did not. I didn't. I mean, the Colts is a team, unfortunately, you know, I mean, of course, you can keep an eye on the Colts because Carson of the Carson Wentz trade. Right. And then they picked up Matt Ryan and it's like, okay, well, let me see. Let's all see how this works out. Right. With them, you know, getting Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz coming to the commanders. So, and, and of course, because the commanders were playing the AFC South, okay, I'm going to keep my eyes on them. But no, I did not expect, you know, when the commanders played uh, the Colts, what was that? So that was October 30th weekend, I believe. I'm thinking it's going to be Carson Wentz against Matt Ryan, and it ends up being Taylor Heineke against Sam Ellinger. And I'm like, what <laughs> is this? <laughs> and, you know it's like these are you know dates that people got circled on their calendars you know quarterbacks who've kind of got like fall from grace sort of you know Matt Ryan in my opinion has never recovered from that Super Bowl um meltdown that the Falcons had against the Patriots and then everyone knows the Carson Wentz story you know and all of that and with the Eagles and them Colts and now with the Commanders and it was like okay who's who's going to be the redemption story for this Sunday and neither one of them played and I was like this is <laughs> this is I nobody wrote this script nobody could have guessed <laughs> that this happened so right. I no I did not expect for them to be that bad at all um and even going through the coach you know the coach changes and everything uh during the season i think that's probably been one of the bigger shocks of the nfl season at least for me so far yeah they're definitely uh not where anyone expected them to be and of course you know speaking of being uh where they're supposed to be we're at the end of the show but 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 we do have to play a game there's five <laughs> questions. There's two answers, and you got to make one choice. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, I'm going to give you these two, and you got to make a choice between both, one of them. Okay. If you had to make a choice where the stadium would be for the commanders, in D.C. or Maryland, which one would you pick? D.C. All right, all right. Now, you know, I had to had to give you one to kind of get you ingratiated yeah, with, with the home team and stuff like that. <laughs> but this one's going to be a little tougher. Uh, okay. If you had to pick one running back uh, for the Washington Commanders, Clinton Portis or Stephen Davis? Ah, Clinton Portis. Clinton Portis, okay. You know, Stephen Davis did do his thing, but, you know, I definitely understand that one. <laughs> all right. 
Gotta pick two coaches. I don't know how favorably favorably they're viewed in DC, but I'm going to mention them. Mike Shanahan or Jay Gruden. You gotta pick one to win a game. <laughs> oh, <man. I'm> sorry. <laughs> oh man. Woo. Mm, Mike Shanahan. <laughs> All right. Mike Shanahan. That was funny. I had that was a real reaction right there. <laughs> Mike Shanahan, though. All right. Uh, okay. Now, this one is going to basketball since you do cover basketball as well. Mm-hmm. Going to make you pick between two Wizards players that uh, you probably don't want to pick between. They were in the backcourt <laughs> together, by the way. That'd be John Wall or Bradley Bill. Which one would you pick? <laughs> oh, I'll pick John. I'll pick John. John Wall. I'm telling Brad on you. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I was like, where is this show going to be shown? Let me talk. <laughs> All right. And I got one more for you. You had to choose one between these two games. NFC title, NFC title game in FedEx Field or Game 7 Eastern Conference Finals in uh, Capital One Arena. Which one would you pick? The NFC title game in FedEx Field. Okay. All right. I thought you might pick Capital One because it's inside, but hey, there you go. Well, yeah, but I think the vibe, the. <laughs> Got you. Okay. If the commanders okay. ever get back there, the city's going to go berserk. So they're going to lose. I wish. So. I mean, honestly, I, I they're going to go berserk, but you know, I'm kind of scared if they if it does get that way. Here's here's why I'd be scared, and it's not for the fans in terms mm-hmm. of their reactions and things like that. Mm-hmm. I would be scared because you know the the energy is going to be in the stadium, mm-hmm. the stadium's going to be rocking. But the thing is, can the stadium sustain that with all the 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 different things that have happened with the rail falling and the yeah. the you know all the different waters or different <laughs> whatever liquids falling yeah. from the sky can the stadium sustain that? That's right. why I worry yeah. about. Right, right. That's a great point. That <laughs> <laughs> is a really great point. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we have reached the end of the show. Um, I do want to thank you for coming on, and uh, I want to. Give the floor to you. Uh, tell everyone what you're working on, what you know, where you can be found on social media, anything like that at all. The floor is yours. Thank you again for having me. This was fun, and uh, you got you got some genuine laughs out of me too. <laughs> <laughs> too. So thank you for that. Um, so everyone can follow me. I am on Facebook under Seaball Sports and Entertainment. Um, as Mike already mentioned, uh, we have a Sports Illustrated Fan Nation site inside the Wizards where all Wizards content is there. So you can follow the Inside the Wizards Facebook page or the Inside the Wizards Twitter page. I post it all on my Seawall Sports page as well. Um, and then I'm at what? Seawall SE. I'm at, at on Twitter. Then I'm at Seawall Sports on Instagram. It's just Seawall Sports. Google it. I'm sure I'll come up in a multitude of areas, Um, but I also have two television shows. If you are local to the Washington metropolitan area, want to check it out online as well under Bowie Television, Um, Culture from the Couch series. So on Mondays, we do record live 
on Seawall Sports and Entertainment on Facebook and YouTube. And that show is only for the Washington Commanders. So you want to hear a lot of Washington Commanders talk, that's the show for you. And then the weekly DMV Sports Talk um, is on Thursdays at 7.30. But every day comes on Verizon Fios Channel 11 and Comcast Xfinity Channel 77 from 1.30 to 2.30 if you are local to the DMV. So you can catch me literally everywhere now. Um, and also on the radio, I do a women in sports segment every Wednesday on 89.3 FM as well. Yep. It's a whole bunch of long, long list of stuff. So follow me. Hope you love the content. Engage with me. I try to engage with as many people as I possibly can. Um, and I have a lot of fun. So. Yeah, definitely do. You got to have a lot of fun with all the things you're doing. I mean, honestly, over here, I, I thought I did a lot, but. You know, I need to step my game up. You know, you, you, you kind of show me up on my own show. I'm like, man, I got to mess around, step my game up over here. Uh, but I was doing a lot. Well, Mike, I've been, I've been seeing you from a distance. You out here killing it. So, no, that's thank you for being the bar that we're all trying to get to. So much appreciated. Uh, you're too kind. You're too kind. But uh, thank you again for being on. Of course, if folks want to find me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Patton 82 That's M-I-K-E-P-A-T-T-O-N-82. Um, of course, this is Touring the AFC South. That is Seawall. I am Mike Patton, and we are out.